I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg, as always. And this week, we actually have a longer than usual episode. We're over an hour, so I'm going to try my best at keeping this intro as quick and efficient as possible, but I feel like I have a lot of things to fill you in on. First up, this episode is amazing and kind of like one of a kind, to be honest. I've never done anything like this on the podcast before, but one of my really great friends, JD Angles, and she's also one of my business partners. She's one of the brilliant Nourished and Free leaders. She recently dove into human design and is offering human design readings. JD is so intuitive and I've actually known JD for years and I've always picked up on the sense that she's super intuitive and I just always appreciate and honor her insight and just all of the vibes she's brought into my life over the years. So it's an honor to have her on the show yet again this week. I feel like it's her third time on this show, I'm pretty sure. Appearance number three. So we won't get into a super detailed intro to JD because you should be familiar with her by now. But like I said, she is a human design educator and she's offering human design readings. So JD was sweet enough to come on the show this week and actually sit down with me and do a live reading of my human design chart. So she had already done this for me actually a couple of weeks ago. And when I shared with you all that I just had my human design chart read, I was getting so many questions about what that actually looks like and some of the biggest takeaways and the benefits of it. So I reached out to JD and asked her if she'd be open to sitting down with me one more time and doing my human design reading live for the podcast. So that's exactly what we're doing this week. And it was so much fun. And it will give you a really great idea of what a human design reading actually looks like. We go through a lot of detail. But as we mentioned in the show, we wanted to keep it about an hour episode so it wasn't too long. So if you sit down with JD and have your human design chart read by her, it will be in even more detail. But we wanted to give a really accurate version. So there's also a lot of detail in today's episode and I know you're just going to love it. So if you're not familiar with human design yet, I would highly recommend 
going one episode back to episode 94. So that was last week's episode with Amy Lee. And we did kind of like a introduction to human design episode. Now this episode, we're doing what an actual reading looks like and what you can actually learn and take away and apply to your life from having your human design chart read. And like I said, I would highly recommend um, JD or anyone that you are really resonate with when it comes to human design. I've just had incredible experience with JD. She's amazing. And I'm really excited to share my very own human design chart with you. Now, a few things. If you do have your human design chart and if you're not like driving or commuting, things like that, I would highly recommend going onto mybodygraph.com and typing in your birth information so you can pull up your human design chart and kind of like follow along with us, see um, what JD is saying about the open centers and what they mean and things like that. You can definitely have your human design chart opened up for this podcast episode. It will make it a lot more interactive. Reminder number two is that if you are a member of the Nourished and Free Collective, you actually have access to free trainings that JD is providing to us. So as I mentioned, JD is a leader within the Nourished and Free Collective. And since human design is part of JD's genius and passions, she is coming into our group once a month and teaching about human design and how to integrate essential oils in supporting your energy type and each of the centers, each of the nine energy centers that we all have. So this is a nine month long training. You're going to be learning from JD once a month every first Tuesday of the month. So like I said, if you're a member of the Nourished and Free Collective, you already have access to this. If you are not yet a member, you can always shoot me an email at megtherhn at gmail.com and we can get you all enrolled to become a member of the collective. We also have an amazing 30-day program launching on February 3rd called the Nourished and Free Method. Now, this is the last update that I have for you. We are closing doors for enrollment on January 31st, and everything kicks off on February 3rd. This is our 30-day program that we only run once a year, and this is a team-wide program. So again, if you're already a member of the Nourished and Free Collective, you actually have access to this program for free. So just shoot me an email or let me know in our private group and I'll get you added to the course. You can also go to megtherhn.com slash the method to read all about it. If you're not yet a member and you want to enroll, all you need to do is go to megtherhn.com slash the method and you can get started with us. Not only will this include every single supplement and essential oil that you need for the 30-day course, but you'll also 
receive a year membership to the Nourished and Free Collective and have immediate access to all of our trainings and support and education. It's amazing. So what is the Nourished and Free Method? It's our 30-day program to help you consciously integrate these healthy habits into your life. We touch on all five pillars of health, so nourishing your body, loving movement, reducing toxic load, addressing stress and stress management, and also self-care. So we touch on all five of those pillars and integrate healthy habits into the program through an online portal. So you'll get daily emails, videos, and action steps from us. And basically, by the end of the program, you're going to be filled with knowledge and inspiration to live your life and move through this year by consciously creating the life that you actually want based on the education, tools, resources, and healthy habits we've provided for you throughout the course. It's a lot of fun. You'll get to hang out with me for 30 days. There's also live group coaching calls every week for four weeks. And you'll also get to work with all of the other Nourished and Free leaders that are part of my team. So super excited to kick everything off on February 3rd. And like I said, if you want to be part of that, you can head over to magtherhn.com slash the method and read through that for more information, but also click the button to get started. And I have everything laid out there for you. All right. Those are all of my updates for this week. I'm super excited to dive into this episode with JD and I know you're going to love it. And I can't wait to hear more from you about human design. I hope you're enjoying these episodes. Next week, we'll change things up. But these past two weeks have been devoted to human design so I can help support you in knowing yourself better and just living more in alignment. So let's head over to my live human design reading with JD. Hey, JD, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on yet again. I'm pretty sure you are the guest that has been on this podcast most times than anyone else. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love your podcast. Clearly, I love you too, but I'm like especially excited for this episode. You and I have had great episodes already in the past, but I'm really excited for this episode because last week I had Amy Lee on to talk about human design and she gave us a really great introduction to human design. And you have also been diving deep into the human design studies and work, and you're even taking on clients for human design readings now. So I thought it would be tons of fun to do a live recording of what a human design reading actually looks like and sounds like and what you actually get from it, because I know 
my listeners, our listeners are all very eager to learn more about themselves and what their human design means and how they can actually start living more in alignment. And I believe that when you do a or have a human design reading done, you can really see which areas of your life you're very much living in alignment and true to who you really are. But then it can highlight some areas that might allow you to step into alignment even more. But maybe you can take that and expand um, about like human design readings and, you know, what you're doing with human design. Completely happy to share. Thank you so much. Um, I love human design um, because it's been deeply impactful in my own life and just following my own um, strategy and authority. So I'm a generator, sacral generator. Um, And just having my chart, diving into it myself and then having my chart read was just such a... um, Uh, I don't even know how to put words to it, but I cry because it just is so validating, I guess is the word I'll use. And I find the same thing in the charts that I've read for people. They just get this sense of like a deep exhale and are like, oh, it's okay to just be who I am. So that's when I know I'm doing it right (laughs) when Mm -hmm. they feel that way. Um, and there can be some things where they're not so, uh, resonant with, and that could be some conditioning, which we can talk about. And also just like double, double checking that your birth time is accurate. Cause that can change little things here and there. Right. For sure. So when you take someone's info and prep for a human design reading, so like mine, for an example, which we'll get through today and we should get to it quickly, I guess, but <laughs> Basically, I have given you my birth info, which includes where I was born, the date I was born and the time I was born and the exact time, like to the minute. And then you take that information and you get my human design chart. And now you put together like this huge document um, and you and I will sit down right now and actually go through what everything actually means. Yeah. Sounds great. Let's dive in. Awesome. Um, So just like last week, Amy mentioned that there's different energy types. So Meg's energy type is manifester and they're about 8% of the population. And What's so amazing, I feel, about manifestors is that they are able to initiate things. They have initiating energy. And so sometimes they seem to have this like magical superpower of speaking things into existence. Um, So what's beautiful about that is like a lot of the manifesting uh, literature out there and in like the self-development world and stuff tells you to just like just kind of do it. Just like, you know, vision hard enough or speak it into existence and it'll happen. And that can actually be true for manifestors. So it's super powerful. Um, They tend to be like trailblazers or as Amy said, fire starters, kind of getting things into motion and starting movements, even when they're not trying. And um, something I'd be super curious to hear about for you is like, even as kids, they tend to be born as natural born leaders. So they kind of can take care of themselves or know their needs really well. Did you feel that was true for you as a kid? Wow. That's really interesting that you ask me because like, I'm an only child, right? And I could just be by myself forever. And I didn't 
ever want siblings. Never. I loved having my cousins, but I also loved that they went away, you know, similar to how people who don't want kids like love having nieces and nephews because it's like, oh, I get to hang out with them, but then they go away. So that's it's weird that I felt that at like four years old. I was so happy to have all these really close cousins that felt very similar to siblings to me, but then they went away and I got to be by myself and do my own thing. Amazing. And that's so interesting to me and cool that you were aware of that need for like solitude at such a young age because your profile, which is something we'll get into a little bit more, is a two four. So that first number two means hermit. And I have a two in my profile as well. I'm a five two. And hermits tend to need a lot of alone time or time to just be in their own internal process. And they're kind of they can kind of have this energy of just like, leave me alone and let me do my thing. Yeah, that is 100% how I am for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, a lot of the time. And so like one way that this can be super helpful to know is like, you know, there are certain ways of being that our society praises more than others. And one of them is being super sociable and outgoing and gregarious and um, wanting to be around people all the time. And so many of us can end up with conditioning feeling like, well, why don't I want to be around people all the time? What's wrong with me? So knowing your design can be helpful in that, oh, I'm just like, you know, I have that hermit in my profile. So I just need more alone time than maybe the people around me. Hmm. Yeah, I know that like even going through university and stuff like I lived by myself in an apartment all by myself and I couldn't ever study with people around like I had to be by myself and study and my friends were always like going out to parties and things like that and it just didn't feel normal to me to you know like I was just like I don't really like being around so many people so I just didn't completely but what's interesting too is that you're a two four so um those two numbers that first number is smaller you know so it tends to be we'll get into incarnation cross in a minute and that means you were you're tending to come into this life to learn major lessons more through your own personal experience rather than relating with others and interpersonal experiences um but that second part the four um is kind of how other people see you and that is as someone who's super warm and open and bubbly and um energetic and that has been like I mean I think you've been described as like a real life care bear right yeah yeah someone who called me that I don't remember yeah but someone I totally remember that and I'm totally blanking on who called me that but yes I have been described as that before yeah so it's so interesting to get to know both of those numbers and know that that first number is a little bit more how you experience yourself and your own energy which is that of the needing a lot of space and time to be alone and then how other people see you which is this warm and open and bubbly and caring person and I am those things right for sure which makes like I love being with my loved ones and my friends, like my close friends. I love being with those types of people and I love chatting with everyone. Obviously why I have this podcast, I love sitting down with people, but yeah, for sure. I think, um, the way I see myself is more like, okay, I just want to be at home and doing my thing in my own groove. And yeah, definitely. That's so crazy how spot on that is already. (laughs) Yeah. And fun note for you. Um, self is also a two, four. And she is. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah so my best friend, Sophie, she's a two, four. So do you think that has like anything to do as to why we like connect with each other so well, just because we like both understand that we need alone time and also we're really bubbly with each other. Yeah. And I think too, um, for people listening, when you get your chart, you're going to see nine different energy centers and some of them are going to be filled in or have a color and some of them are going to be white. You're also going to see a lot of lines and some of them will be black. Some of them will be red. Some of them will be both black and red. Some will be white. And so something that I tend to find in charts is when people have like really solid friendships or just have that instant kind of deep connection. Um, it can be that they have similar profiles or they have similar gait. So they kind of amplify that same energy together so they can bond over many similar things. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. This just fascinates me, not just like personally, but also learning about other people, which is why I wanted to have you on the show, too. Hmm. Yeah. And so I think the main things like where most people start with their charts is getting to know their energy type and then their strategy and their authority. So as a manifester, your strategy is to inform. So um, I kind of like to think of it as like a train conductor and you just let people know like where the train is going and the vision you have for it. And then you let them decide if they're going to get onto or not, because we all have different aura types. Each energy type has a different aura. And so So your aura is a selective aura, which means there's going to be some people who are totally on board. And then there's going to be some people who are like, yeah, just doesn't resonate for me. So your job isn't to like convince everybody that they need to do this as much as you're passionate about it. And just let those people who feel really resonant with it jump on board. Mm -hmm. I totally feel that for sure, especially like in business, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you're authority is you have splenic authority, which you mentioned last week. Um, so to me, the spleen is like kind of this quiet, airy, wispy voice. It's extremely intuitive. Um, it has a really good sense of timing, um, when it's used in its highest expression, but it's kind of airy in that it can kind of move and change from moment to moment. So it's really tuning into those moment intuitive instincts that will give you the guidance as to where to go next. Okay, awesome. So if someone has splenic authority, which I feel like I am really tuned into that intuitive voice within me, but if someone has splenic authority and they're having a really hard time kind of listening or hearing that quiet, wispy voice that you referred to it as, is there any ways to kind of be more mindful of that or tune into it even more? Completely. A lot of different ways. And I would also want to know about their chart if their spleen is defined or open. Um, because if your spleen is defined, you or if any of your centers are defined, this is a place where you tend to have access to processing your own energy in a specific way. And if it's open, this is where you take on the energy of the people and the environment around you and amplify it. So the spleen is the house of intuition, but it's also the house of like basic fears, like um, fear of not being good enough or fear of um, 
disappointing, fear of death. Um, a lot of these basic fears and insecurities show up in the spleen. Um, so one thing you can begin to do to get clearer is just know um, which gates you have coming off of your spleen and which fears they correspond to. And then just know that those are, are just fears, nothing else. They don't define you. They don't make that true for your reality. And once you can begin to do that kind of release work, you tap into the intuition that's been there all along. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I would also want to know like their profile because for you, for example, as a two floor, you might find that you come to that intuitive voice and it gets louder when you're in your own space and internal mm-hmm. process. That makes a lot of sense. Whereas if somebody's like a three, like my um, husband is a three, five, he may come to it by trial and error, like lived experience with that three being the first number. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So speaking of like white or open centers, this is where we can take on um, conditioning most easily. Um, So we all have a not self theme. And as a manifester, your not self theme to know when you're out of alignment with your energy is anger. Um, And in some of your open centers, um, here are some of the questions you could ask yourself just to see like, "Hmm, is this like operating for me? One of them is, am I avoiding confrontation or truth? So having that open solar plexus, that's a question we can ask there. Um, Am I pretending to be certain for myself or others? Or like, I have a definite answer with that third eye and I can totally relate to that one. I have an open on Ajna um, energy center as well. Um, And I have found that like my energy gets so drained when I try to come up with like a reason for why I know what I know. Mm. rather than just letting it be like an intuitive flow that comes through. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Or in the crown, am I thinking about things that don't matter? Um, And then your open sacral, am I pushing or forcing beyond my limits or do I know like when enough is enough energy wise? Okay, so my not self theme is anger, like you said. And I know I've had several conversations with people that are just diving into human design and they don't really understand the whole not self theme. So anger, would all manifestors feel anger? Would that the not self theme be for all manifestors is anger? Okay. Yeah, but it can show up a little differently depending again on the circuitry in your chart and what Mm -hmm. centers are open or not. Um, But as a manifester, you can just know that you're not living your design if you're feeling angry. Okay, Um, yeah, that's how I was like trying to explain it to people, but I'm like, JD's going to be on the show and she'll help (laughs) us out. (laughs) But that makes a lot of sense. Okay. And I feel definitely when I'm kind of avoiding confrontation because also, and I totally see, this is where I see a lot of overlap with Enneagram and human design. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with tri-types in Enneagram, but I believe that part of my tri-type is a nine. Like I have a really strong nine tri-type within me. And so nines avoid confrontation. And I feel like I tend to do that a lot. And then I definitely do. That's when like that, those feelings of anger like come up for me for sure. If I'm not like just tackling something head on, right? Yeah. Completely. That's amazing that you made that connection because I've noticed a lot of overlap for myself as well, just in looking at my chart. And I have a lot of gates of like 
nurturing people. Mm. And I'm a two, type two. So, um, but I also have quite a bit of leadership gates and I'm a two wing three. So I can kind of feel the overlap there. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. I love this. Okay. This is all amazing. Yay. So we have a not self theme and then we also have a signature, which is kind of, um, it's, compliment I guess so when you are living your design you'll feel this and for you it's peace okay that makes sense too very much (laughs) like making sure everyone's happy and yeah and I'm happy like everything's good okay that makes sense yeah completely and um what you just said there it's like oh yes because your incarnation cross um some people say this makes up about 70% of our karma in this lifetime of the lessons that we're meant to come in and learn and, um, or major life themes. And for you, um, your incarnation cross is the right angle vessel of love. And it's really just about being that ambassador and embodiment of love in all of its forms. Um, and sharing that love and that like flow that comes through you with the people that you meet on your journey. And you really leave like a lasting imprint on people because you help them realize that flow is within them as well and so they can kind of relax into themselves and connect back and we kind of recognize our interconnectedness through that um and you really help people move past like their trials and comfort people who also feel like loners or outsiders mm-hmm. very i deeply resonate with being like a vessel of love and yeah i, I yeah wow that's amazing it's incredible and part of your incarnation cross too is like love of the physical self and all of its forms and the power that our bodies have to heal and so I just feel like that's so resonant for the journey that you're sharing with people and how love is truly what heals mm-hmm. I always say that so <laughs> it's like freaky how accurate this is yeah wow yeah. but that's how I mean when I when it's working well and when people are living their design, that's the consistent feedback that I get. It's like, mm. wow, this is exactly how it feels for me. Okay. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And then another thing that I like to share, and for some people they would maybe do this a little bit down the road, but I think it it also helps people understand the rest of their chart if they know this and it's those four arrows at the top of your chart. And they can either point left or right. They're called variables. Um So all of yours point left. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the way that the description of arrows um, that has been most resonant for me is just like broadly, the arrows can represent um, if they point left, they tend to be like more left brain dominant, more masculine, more logical focused and fact based. Um, And right arrows that point to the right tend to be a little bit more like receptive, passive, intuitive, flowy, feminine. So that's kind of their general signature or theme. Um, So the top left one is how we take in information. So yours points to the left, so does mine. So you have active digestion, which just means you actively take in and process things, not just your food, but the information around you and everything. Um, You're just an active processor. So you might've found that you're good at like memorizing or remembering like facts and details, but, um, oh, and um, you might find best with like consistent routine rather than like things being different each day and kind of being fluey or flowing. You might find like having consistent times that you eat or consistent times that you go to bed each day to be really uh, soothing for your energy type. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and avoiding like fasting or like having two meals one day and five meals the next day, that can be great for somebody who has a right arrow um, because the variety and the spontaneity is great for them. But someone with a left arrow tends to do better with consistency. Now, I feel like this is where a lot of like conditioning comes up for me. Like I definitely eat that way and kind of live my life like I do love having routine. I love having routine. But I think over the years, I can definitely reflect on the fact that we've picked up or I personally have picked up conditioning that it like routine is bad. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's something wrong with having a routine and I should be like, oh, there's those shoulds coming. Right. Like, so we should be more spontaneous and flexible and things like that. But naturally I just gravitate and it's not coming from a place of fear or because I have to live my life this way it's literally naturally I love being and not in this strict routine um which is really interesting I actually stopped making like to-do lists and following my like I haven't even used an agenda this year so like I haven't been doing like I haven't been making my life very rigid and strict and so scheduled but I still have a routine where I know when I wake up in the morning I have breakfast and then I do my journaling and then I do this because it feels good and it feels natural completely Mm -hmm. yeah and it's going to look different for all of us and I think that's like I can relate to that too coming from the wellness world and also like the spirituality world um I also received that conditioning. I feel like that it was better to be like super spontaneous and that's what made you intuitive and every day is going to look different and our job is just to learn how to flow with that. And that can be like a helpful teaching to some extent, I think, because again, like you said, we don't want our routines to be so fixed and so rigid that if one thing gets thrown off, we're just like totally lost or... yeah. But there are people who tend toward like thriving with some groundingness of routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally vibe with that for sure. Yeah, me too. My arrow points left there too. Awesome. So, yeah, and then the bottom left arrow or points to the left as well. So this is about environment. Um, and it's either if it points to the right, you're here to observe the environment around you. And if it points to the left, you're here to be observed in your environment. So this is, we. I had mentioned this to you before because you had said how kind of floaty and spacey you had felt um when you weren't in your own office working Mm -hmm. very much so when I travel you guys (laughs) I cannot get anything done yet when I'm home I can bust out an insane amount of work in a very short period of time completely yeah Yeah. and you can go a little deeper into environments um there's a couple of like Vanessa Henry who's coming on has amazing blog posts about environment um, and each of these aspects in detail. Um, you can also go to geneticmatrix.com and there you can get your free chart. And if you, there's like a couple drop down menus. If you go to the second one and click body, you'll get this information for yourself as well. Um, but your environment is markets and internal. So it just means like you create the space, like you create this sacred space, you create it to feel exactly how you want it to feel and then you invite people in just like it would be for a market, like exchanging goods, services, communion, like communion, um, 
usually all with the same interest or goal. So to me, that totally for knowing you and knowing what you do, I feel like that's totally the Nourished and Free Collective. Mm-hmm. Like you intentioned it, you infused it with the energy you wanted it to have, and then you invited people into the space. Oh, wow. I love how that is all coming together. And it totally makes sense with how things have come about in my life and business. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. <laughs> yeah. And then on the, t- the right side at the top, um, this is about like our awareness. So yours points to the left again. So it's more of a strategic awareness. So you're really good at like, again, recalling information, seeing patterns, understanding the logic of things. You might find that you think more factually or you get lost when things are described in like a really ambiguous or abstract way. Just like, give me the details, give me the facts, give me the bulleted list. Yeah, definitely. Like whenever it comes to studying or anything like that, if it's really organized and kind of like in a chart, I really like when things are laid out pretty and just super easy. Like why make things complicated type thing, you know? (laughs) Okay. And again, now like... I feel like when we have been looking at my arrows, especially that's when I can see a lot of conditioning come up for me and not so, so much like how it plays into my life now, but how it has, or even just like those little beliefs that, you know, like my ego has or whatever. Right. So, um, with that, it's like, if I learn a certain way, if I like things laid out in a certain fashion and I learn better, by seeing things more factually like you have written there is like it's easy to judge myself like why can't I just learn like so and so or why can't I just like read a textbook and remember everything but I can look at something if it's laid out in a certain way and then I can remember it completely and that's like it's going to be so different for each of us so it's amazing like this just gives us the springboard to get to know what like how we learn best in this case and then to create that for ourselves because like I can totally relate to you too and I'm a left arrow on this as well and I do well with things laid out like super simple and clear and like not a lot of busyness going on in it but then I look at somebody who learns like I had a friend in grad school who was I'm going to guess a right arrow this way. And her notes were just full of these gorgeous doodles. And like, they would be like a flower that points to this, then this arrow that points over there. And I'm like, there's no way that I could learn <laughs> that way, but it's so beautiful. To mm-hmm. see. Or yeah. when people, I'm always kind of not envious, but I admire these people where when they're working on a project and they have like all those sticky notes everywhere and they're just like everywhere. And I'm like, that would be so much fun. Like it looks like fun to me, but for me, it's like, it needs to be on a clean sheet of paper, really organized and no like doodles on it. Because if there is, then I'm just going to like rip it up and make a new one or whatever. But yeah. okay, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like this one, especially really like there's, like you said, a lot of conditioning um, that doesn't serve maybe either type in like how our school systems are set up. for Mm -hmm. people. They are they do tend to be a little bit more left and they're not as catering to people who learn in like abstract and art based ways, although it's getting better. But I can't imagine having to have like learned how I did through college and grad school if my brain was worked better with like abstract and flow and 
Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that for sure. My dad actually just like bringing up like school or whatever um, and how we learn. My dad actually sent me a really great post on Instagram today. He's always sending me posts and things like that. And he sent me this quote and it said, imagine if schools actually helped kids identify their strengths by exploring their talents from a young age and growing their skills over the 12 years instead of letting them all follow the same routine and leaving them confused in life after graduation. And I was like, wow, I think he just sent that to me because he knows that I love helping people identify their strengths and really supporting them through what they're really interested and exceptionally good at. So it just reminded me of what you just said. But yeah, totally. It would have been so difficult sitting in a classroom all day, taking notes if you learned through more like flowy abstract type of learning for sure. Absolutely, yeah. So we're working on it, right Arrow people? Let's keep making it better for you. Yeah. Um, and then the bottom right arrow, which points to the left for you, this is has to do with manifesting. So if you have a left arrow, you're a specific manifester. If you have a right arrow, you're a peripheral or non-specific manifester. So as a specific manifester, it's actually really good for you to design your exact vision down to the detail, um, vision boards, um, affirmation lists, to-do lists, all of those things are really good for specific manifestors because you get to tell the universe like exactly what you want and then watch it unfold and then be like so surprised and delighted and grateful. And then that just keeps building it. That energy, that vibratory frequency keeps bringing more of it your way. Whereas if you're a non-specific manifester, you might not find as much potency if you are like getting super linear with it. Um, and you just create more of like a, how you want to feel like, I want to feel more spacious in my work environment. So universe, you know, send it my way. And then the universe sends them something better, like way better than they could have ever detailed out for themselves. Mm. Okay. So with all the arrows, I feel like out of all four arrows, the bottom right in the way that I manifest things, I could be more specific. Like this is like, I feel like the arrow that I need to maybe be more aligned with. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or do some of the deconditioning work. Cause I can totally relate to that. And I think a, a lot of times in like the self-development spiritual world, they tell you that like, just surrender and let the universe be your guide. And actually, if you're a specific manifester, it's good for you to get super detailed with exactly what you want down to the number, down to the, the picture, the color, the everything. Wow. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, that's out of everything that you've said so far, that's something that I could put my focus to the most like mm. deconditioning or just yeah um being more aware of my innate capability of doing that right absolutely yeah and I would say it's super potent in you as a manifester yeah to like experiment with that I know I'm like why aren't I doing this like I'm a manifester you know it's very yeah. cool wow okay that's eye-opening for sure yeah so um, there's a couple of places we could go next. I can go into like just sharing a little bit about each energy center because that's what I would do in another chart. Yeah, for sure. Because so there's nine energy centers, right? And if you I hope that anyone listening to this episode, I said this 
before we actually got into our interview, when I was doing the intro to this episode, I said this for everyone to, if they could, if they weren't like driving or something, if they could open up their My Body Graph or wherever they're pulling their um, human design chart from, so everyone could kind of see these um, energy centers, I think that would really make for another interactive episode. But um, yeah, I think it would be great if we went through the nine energy centers and kind of talked about which ones of mine, I guess, are defined and opened and whatnot. Perfect. So I'm going to start at the base. And by the way, if you are part of the Nourished and Free community, there's a series coming on each of these centers. Um, But we'll start with the root center, which is at the very base, and um, Meg's is defined, so it's a colored in brown square, and this is a motor and pressure center, so it's kind of, it it governs the adrenals and that energy of like getting things started, getting them in motion. Um, So because Meg's is defined, she has a consistent way of processing this energy. Um, That doesn't mean that you're constantly or consistently motivated. You're just going to have a very specific wave of motivation that will be consistent to you. Whereas if somebody had an open um, energy center here and open route. Um, they might find that around certain people in certain environments, they're completely motivated and inspired to do things. And then in other environments, they feel like no motivation to do anything. Um, so they're really reliant on like the energy around them to create that get up and go. Okay. That makes sense. So the gates coming off of here um, can represent how that pressurized energy shows up for us. So um, for Meg, um, some of her gates are like um, you have a gift for like working through struggle with grace. So it's kind of like that buffer of like calm when crap hits the fan you can kind of be like okay that just happened how can we go in and resolve this rather than like freaking out and becoming chaotic with it okay you know where my brain immediately went when you shared this with me so in like airports and I am always like calm as a clam in an airport when like our flights are canceled delayed I will never forget this one evening we were in the Toronto airport our flight was canceled coming back or to Barbados something so we missed our flight and all this stuff and Scott is like freaking out and I'm just like so chill and like it's gonna be fine you know like what's we're gonna figure it out yeah yeah totally amazing amazing you're a great person to have in an airport (laughs) I'm I'm a good travel buddy for sure (laughs) definitely um you also have like the pressure to create artistically um so that could show up in like how you cook or it could show up in interior design or in painting or in drawing or in writing or um, it can show up in a lot of different ways, but whatever inspires that like artistic creativity in you. Well, I just pumped out an ebook and I felt super artistic and creative. So yes to that. Amazing. Yes to that is right. And then um, there's also this pressure to sort of create pause before you dive into something. So kind of gathering yourself, you might find the urge because there's, so this is a little bit deeper, um, but behind each gate, there's gonna be a number. um, And that has to do with the I Ching, which Amy mentioned, and there's uh, numbers one through six. So you're gonna have a gate, let's say gate 52, and yours is gate 52, and then there's a one behind it. Um, 
And the one is like a foundational energy, the energy of like diving deep into things and digging and researching, um, gathering all the facts. So it kind of creates an extra flavor to that gate for you. So um, taking pause before you begin something and gathering all the details and the facts and um, feeling armed with a plan before you go into it. Mm-hmm. I really like plans for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um, you may feel like a pressure to start new things, like just for the sake of starting it. Uh, (laughs) I'm like rolling my eyes because I literally feel this. I just finished that ebook and now I'm just kind of like, okay, I should probably like do something else now. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm always. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And you can kind of channel that energy just like you did in the ebook to kind of save the day for other people. Like you're mm-hmm. providing like wisdom and information that other people need through your desire to create new things. Okay. Very cool. Wow. This resonates so much. Yay. Yeah. I love, I love helping people feel that because I felt it in my own mm-hmm. experience with it. Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. And then finally, um, you might feel like the pressure to be independent or financially provide for yourself and kind of stand on your own two feet. And you might enjoy the process of like becoming more successful in business and financially. Mm-hmm. Definitely. For sure. Yay. All right. And then the spleen center, which is your, um, authority, Mm -hmm. authority. Um, so this is defined in your chart and it governs the immune system, the lymph. And like we mentioned before, like that intuitive wisdom and also like basic fears, like instinctual fears. Um, so one of the gates that you have lit up is the fear of failure and that can show up as a fear of failing, or it can kind of show up as like "Mm, somebody else is already doing this better or has already done it. So I don't, I'm not even going to start. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially being an entrepreneur. I think we all deal with that, but definitely feel that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to it too. I have like, I think five gates coming off of my spleen. So I've got plenty of work to do with basic fears. Okay. And I mean, I said maybe all entrepreneurs feel that way, but maybe not, you know, maybe if you don't have like maybe if your spleen is open you don't really feel that to the extent as the people that have it defined potentially not yeah and it really just depends because just like your open centers take on the energy around you your open gates and channels take on the energy around you so it really is up to us with defined energy to kind of like do the work to shift it into its higher expression, which is like, um, in this case, it would be, you know, doing it anyway. And you're, and like having an intuitive insight into what will be successful or what is needed in the market Mm -hmm. as an example. And then when we're living from that place, the people with open, that open gate, they take on that energy instead. Mm -hmm. The energy of like, oh, I intuitively know how to make this successful. Oh, I can offer this. So it's really powerful. Like when we get into like interacting with others, we really do influence one another. Yeah, that is so amazing. Okay, so that's the spleen. And is there any difference that like that's my authority or like does that not really? Not really. Okay, I just wasn't sure what like the kind of connection was. Yeah. Okay. Just that it's defined. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then 
with the sacral center, this is a motor center and it kind of governs that like producing generating energy. This is tends to be what makes um, it's what makes a generator a generator. Um, so I think you mentioned Scott is a generator. And so he has this center. Oh, okay. So all generators would have this. Okay. Now I'm catching on. Okay. I get it. (laughs) Yes. Um, so having an open center here just means that you don't have like a consistent way to generate your own energy, but you tap into the energy of the people around you and amplify it. So like when Scott's around, you can tap into his like generating energy and you amplify it. So you create even more. Okay. Generating energy. And same with you. You're a generator. I am. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you might find like some people find that when they're in the energy of a generator who's living their design, you kind of feel this like buzzy, sparkly energy and Mm -hmm. kind of just want to be in it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, But if you do have an open sacral or an undefined sacral, it's um, really important that you learn to like not get attached to being like super productive, like that producing energy all the time. You can still be productive, but just in a different way. Um, So people who have an open sacral, it's best for them to only be like giving out, like generating out energy two to three hours a day and then spending the rest of the time like refining their skills, honing their process, maybe doing more internal work things like that, rather than be putting things out, out, out. Okay. That feels, yeah, that resonates deeply with me for sure. Um, I feel like for me, when I'm really, really excited about something, I can work on it for quite a long period of time, like for the ebook, for an example, just because that's super relevant. And I started it on Sunday and I finished it last night and I was just able to like that's all I could think about that's all I wanted to work on but now today I'm just kind of like wow I'm so happy I got that done because I just kind of like don't want to do all that much today like I don't feel like creating or putting something out there I kind of more so I'm probably feeling more like a hermit like today yes yeah okay totally and when we have like going back to our profile like um the two numbers will kind of create a balanced energy so um your two is going to want to pull you in and then your community your tribe your loved ones are the ones that are going to like pull you out into the world okay yeah Um, like nourished and free collective and friends and family will be the ones that kind of pull you out of your cave, out of your hermit cave and into the world. Yeah. Yeah. I know we were just talking about my friend Sophie earlier, but um, I probably would have been like full on hermit mode today. Um, But I had like all of these voice messages waiting from her. And so I was like, well, I know I need to like, you know, talk to someone today. So I caught up in those and then people like you, I have, schedule you know um booked calls with and you're the people that pull me out of my cave for sure yeah Yeah, that's awesome yeah and then within this um you have a gate coming off of it um and it's the gate of nurturing and it has a three line so kind of through your own like trial and error and lived experience you've cultivated this natural ability to nurture and care for others, mostly through learning how to nurture and care for yourself. Mm, And how true, right? Because basically what I share is from lived experiences and yeah. Yeah. It's very much based in like your values and, and just brings you like a tremendous amount of like 
happiness and contentment to do it now. Mm -hmm. I feel that very strongly for sure. Yeah, because another aspect, I mean, this just goes layer upon layer, but, you know, within, so we have the gate 27, we have the line three, and then it's um, connected to a certain planet. Um, So this is connected to Venus. And so depending on which planet that also influences, like how that energy shows up. Okay. That's so interesting. Gosh, there's so much to learn and explore. So much. (laughs) Um, So then the solar plexus, this is the center for emotions. um, And yours is completely open. There's no gates, no channels. um, So you really take on that emotional energy of the people around you and amplify it big time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can be around someone for like not even a minute and I can just feel whatever they're dealing with, you know. Whether it's yeah. happiness, I can get super energized from someone or totally bogged down from their energy. And even if I'm like texting someone too and they're, you know, like bad vibes, I'm like, mm, don't have time for this today, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing that you've been able to like kind of tap into that or be in tune with that to know what you need to do to take care of your own energy. Because this, I also have an open solar plexus and this is one of the huge ahas for me because growing up, I was told I was super sensitive all the time. And I thought I was really emotional, like a really emotional person, but I was just taking on the emotional energy of everyone around me and amplifying it. So like when my dad was in a really bad mood, that felt like I like felt afraid of all that anger and like when somebody was sad around me like I felt so sad and I'm like what is going on but when I'm in my own energy I feel like neutral yeah oh my gosh that feels like that makes so much sense JD and I feel like there's going to be so many women listening to this that are like that is me a hundred percent so if it would be interesting if someone like feels like that and if they have a very open solar plexus yeah check it out (laughs) and then um the heart center is also called the ego center. And this just governs like deep desires, like a heart. Yes. It governs the stomach, the gallbladder, the thymus, and also like willpower and motivation. Um, so only 30% of the population has this defined. So they have like consistent access to that willpower and yours is defined. Wow. Um, Yeah, mine too. So, um, look at us. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, but it's still important like to follow your strategy and authority too, you know, so be, um, when you are tapping into that willpower to get things done, informing people of what you're doing and listening to that, like in the moment, intuitive voice. Mm -hmm. And then, um, What's interesting is like what's connected to your will center here is the need to impact your community or your tribe um, with the way that you think and communicate. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, doesn't that sound like me? (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. That is not me. (laughs) Oh, very much so it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next center in the center of the body is the G center. And this is an identity center. It governs that like sense of self um, and direction and purpose. 
Um, so as it, um, it's defined for you, so you have a strong sense of self, tend to have a strong sense of self. Um, and it's good for people who have a defined G-center to um, kind of follow the beat of their own drum. So people who have an open G-center, it's good for them to be like adaptable and kind of like chameleons and just fit into the different environments that they're in. But for people who have a defined G-center, not so much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That speaks to me. I feel like I know who I am like really firmly you know yeah Yeah. okay so it's important not to like don't compromise that for somebody else ah yeah comfortable yeah yeah or else would my not self theme start showing up well it more so shows up in the open centers oh right 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 okay Mm mm-hmm So it could be, though, like a combination of things like you do it to avoid confrontation and that comes from the solar plexus. Right. So Mm -hmm. taking on that conditioning. And so the not self shows up trying to like avoid confrontation with someone. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're all I mean, it's like it's an alive, even though it's just like a picture that we look at that's like set. It's alive. It's like circuitry. So everything is interacting with everything else in our chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a whole picture. You can't just look at, you know, OK, is my root center defined? Like there's not right. only gates coming out of it, but it actually interacts with all of these different centers. Yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. interacts with the environment around us too. Like mm-hmm. people and yeah. Around us, Just like the body and like our health, right? So Completely. like our thyroid impacts our adrenal health and Completely. that impacts our mental health and our digestive health. And it's so interesting. Wow. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is not surface level stuff whatsoever. This is deep. Yeah. Yes. Um, So part of this communication that you bring in the G center, it's just a natural part of your personality and purpose to offer like direction in the sense of like how you communicate with people to help them find like their own direction through things. Okay. And this is where that love of the physical body lies. Um, Mm. So we talked about, yeah, like the power it has and like honoring its magnificence and then helping your community do the same. Oh, my gosh. That literally feels like what I'm just doing. That's so wild. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's part of your incarnation cross. So it's truly like one of the main lessons and themes you came in to experience. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That gives me shivers. Mm, yay. Um, so you've got quite a bit of circuitry going on in the G center. And then the throat center is a manifestation center. It's the center of the thyroid, the parathyroid, communication, expression. Um, so this center is connected to your identity center and you're here to like, because it's defined, express your truth rather than like being a voice for the people. You express your mm-hmm. truth and other people are going to like resonate with that truth. Mm-hmm. That um, is definitely reflective of what I've been doing throughout my life, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you found people like resonate with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. So interesting. So there's only two more centers. We have the third eye or Ajna center. Okay. Um, It's an awareness center and it governs the mind, the pituitary, and also like specific viewpoints and opinions. Um, So if you have a defined Ajna, you, it's um, in alignment for you 
in this lifetime to have specific opinions on things and specific viewpoints and specific perspectives. But if you have it open or undefined, which you do, you're here to be like totally open-minded. Like your opinions might change all the time and your perspective might change all the time. And you're always like taking that information and weaving it all together. Um, So I would say this is a place and I have an open Ajna as well, where um, it's common to take on conditioning. Like, well, I'm supposed to have specific opinions on things and why don't I? And why am I so passive in this way? Oh yeah. Big time. I can definitely see where I've like, have been conditioned here for sure. Yeah. Just again, that ego coming up being like, well, why, why can't I be like her and have really, really strong opinions on something? Like, what am I weak or whatever? Right. Those are some of the, some of the dialogue that can for sure bubble up, but it's like, no, this is literally how you're supposed to be. Completely. And that voice that's talking, that's the not self. So like that, you just gave like an in the moment sort of dive into or experience into the not self. Like, why don't I have ideas? Why aren't I more specific? Why aren't I grounded in this specific viewpoint? That's the not self, like all of that inner dialogue. Very, very cool. Okay. That's making a lot more sense. Perfect. Um, And then the crown center, it it kind of balances the root center. It's the other pressure center in the body and it governs the pineal gland and inspiration. So if you have this area defined, you have a consistent way of processing inspirational energy. So you could just be like sitting on the couch and get inspired. Um, If it's open or undefined, you need the external environment that you're in to inspire you. So yours is open, undefined. Um, So getting into environments that are inspirational for you is really important to, to spark that energy within you. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why I have like certain places where I feel inspired, Completely. like my office yeah. or I have like a walk I go on and I always feel inspired there. Go to Barbados and I always feel inspired there, you know, but yes, okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Completely. And then you can see how, like we talked about your environment earlier, where you do better being in like the same kind of consistent environments, how that would influence like how you get inspired versus somebody who like, for me, it's good for me to get out into a lot of different environments. So it wouldn't be like, I won't always get inspiration from the same places, but I get inspiration from going to different places. So is this defined for you? It's not. It's okay. Open. Uh-huh. It's open, but my um, you're meant to be like observed in your environment in those oh, arrows. Okay, your arrow is pointing right. Then it is. Yeah. Okay. One arrow that points right, so it's good for me to like get out into a lot of different environments. I find in like going to the museum or going to see a movie like really sparks inspiration for me. Okay. Wow. So interesting. So we went through all of the nine energy centers. And I know there's so much information to go through. And when you are sitting down with a client going through their human design reading, you obviously go through everything that we went through, but you dive into it into a lot even more detail because it's not being recorded and obviously we don't need to make this episode super incredibly long but it gives people a really great idea of what you do cover and what you do kind of discuss with them and show and reveal so um was there anything else that you think is important that we go over today or was that a really good um kind of 
vision, visual or audio for what a session looks like with you? Yeah, I mean, we did just skim through some things that I would obviously go into a lot greater detail with someone in a reading. Um, But the only things that are coming to mind for me is just, again, reiterating that you can get your body graph on mybodygraph.com or on Jovian Archive or on Genetic Matrix. Um, Those are three um, free chart um, resources. And then um, I think... Last week, Amy mentioned um, Karen Curry's book, Understanding Human Design. If you are someone who likes to learn a little bit more before you take action on like getting a chart reading, um, I would totally recommend diving into her book because she breaks everything down, each center open uh, or defined and all of the gates and channels in the chart. So you can learn quite a bit like doing your own research. And Chayton Parkin's books are also amazing on human design. So those are some like resources that you can kind of tap into and see what resonates with you um, before getting a chart reading. Awesome. And now what would you tell someone like me who we just got our chart read? What would you kind of like leave us with and tell? Because like, obviously that's a lot of information and it's super inspiring. And I really love the word that you use, like validating. I love how you refer to it as that. Um, But like you and I both know, like that's a lot of information. So what would be like almost the best way for me to walk away from this session and take from what I just learned? Rather than just being like, oh, wow, I learned all of this stuff about myself. Like, what would be the best way for me to actually like walk away from this now? Completely. So it's going to depend on like um, how much research the person has done and how deeply they've already gone into practicing and living their design. I would always say like for the most part, start with um, your strategy and your authority. So make sure that when you are Um, you get those creative urges and those urges to put things out into the world that you are informing people of what's what you're doing so that they can get on board and listening, especially to that like instinctual voice in the moment, that splenic voice, when you are making those choices, that's where I would start. And that can take, you know, a long time just to like decondition and to start listening to those things instead of our head. And instead of like the voice in the mind, that's always saying, no, you have to do it this way. No, you have to be this way. No, it's best to do that. Um, so really just getting in touch with, you know, cause most people don't have, um, mental authority. So for most of us, it's not in our design to be living from our mind. It's meant to be like, for me, living from my gut responses as a sacral generator and for you your splenic manifester so um, that's the place I would start and then the next step I would say is to look at the areas that are white in your chart and to start look at um, start looking at if there's any conditioning there that you could decondition Mm, yeah yeah we're gonna talk all about deconditioning with Vanessa Henry she's awesome and so are you I know there's going to be ladies chomping at the bit to get their chart read with you because honestly so I just have to do a little um, personal note I've known JD for years and when I first met you gosh I don't even know what year we met but when we first met I got this I'm a very intuitive person and so are you but when we first met, I was like, man, this girl is so with it. She's so in tune. She's so intuitive. Like there's just a very loving 
what is your aura? I don't know, because like there's just like (laughs) such a loving and comforting aura about you that it's just so awesome to get a chart read by you and just like work with you and be in your presence. So I know if anyone is looking to get their chart read and wants to be in like that safe place with someone that would really hold space and also be super excited for them to like discover these things about themselves. I just can't recommend you enough. So um, where can people find you and connect with you for all things like human design stuff? Yeah, thank you so much. That's so sweet. My aura is um, actually magnetic. So I draw people in. (laughs) Well, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you and I met, we've literally been, you've always drawn me in, right? We've been like (laughs) connected ever since. That's awesome. Completely. Yeah. Um, And I'm also on board with everything you're doing with your movement. So I jumped on the train. You jumped on the manifesto train. I did. Sweet. (laughs) Um, But I'm most active on Instagram. So you can just find me um, at JD Ingalls. And if you click the top link in my bio, it'll take you right to scheduling a um, reading with me Um, there at a discounted price for the rest of January and then they're going back up to full price. So if you're on the fence about it and I've been waiting for, you know, a sign to jump on it, now's the time. Oh, wonderful. Awesome. So people still have time. It's still January. So if you're listening to this live, I hope you are because yeah, I've just been able to take so much away from this and I'm so excited to really focus more on, like you said, my strategy and authority and then and also do some deconditioning, which we'll learn more about in our future episodes. So thank you so much again, JD. I'm sure you'll be on the, uh, the podcast again. <laughs> this is not the last time, but thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Mm, thank you. Thank you.